Welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us for today's Appraisal Buzzcast. If you aren't already subscribed, make sure you do to get notified of the latest Buzzcast every time we post it. Today, we'll be speaking with Joan Trice, CEO of Altera Group, and Bill Garber, the Director of Government and External Relations with the Appraisal Institute. We will be discussing new legislation and what is going on in D.C. that will be affecting appraisers. You're going to want to stay tuned in for this one. Joan? Thank you, Jim, and welcome, Bill. Long time no see. Nice to see you. Thanks Um, for having me. So you're like in the vortex there in Washington, D.C., and um, I know you know there's I'm hearing there's actually a lot going on under this administration in um, in and around appraisal. So I heard a little buzz about the Valuation Fairness Act. Uh, can you share with appraisers what that's all about? Yeah, absolutely. And it, it is a high priority for not just the Biden administration, but for House and, and I think to come Senate Democrats as well. In the world around us today, we've got a lot of dis- discussion going on regarding systemic lending issues in the marketplace. And appraisal has been a part of that conversation, looking at at uh, issues in real estate, real estate finance, disparities that might exist along racial lines, going back for the last couple of years, um, some of the disparate impact concerns. Uh, Appraisal has been uh, at the table, part of that discussion, and we've been meeting with Chairwoman Maxine Waters' office throughout this time, talking about where there are issues that can be addressed across the industry and the, one of the biggest things that, that we saw and, and really encouraged the committee to look at was the ecosystem of appraisal. So you, when you think about appraisal, you have your valuation methodology, you have valuation practitioners, you have licensing and standards, but the appraisal process is part of a larger set of machinery that involves stakeholders like underwriters and reviewers and and loan officers through a lending process who are also working with other stakeholders in the real estate community, real estate agents, home builders, and the like. And when it comes to an issue of this magnitude, it was our view that we really needed to have an industry-wide discussion. We need to engage stakeholders, those that are really driving the appraisal process to some extent, whether that's the underwriters or the reviewers, and really get everybody at the table to try to talk about some of these issues. You can't really address these so-called appraisal concerns with appraisal in isolation. You've really got to bring all of the stakeholders in to, uh, to have that really sincere conversation. So that's what this, this bill does reflect some of that commentary. It would set up a task force of the agencies that are involved with appraisal policymaking, the bank regulators, the yeah. FHFA. Can you tell us yeah, who those stakeholders are? I remember it was a little bit of an odd list. I presume there'll be some changes made, don't you think, once this gets to the Senate? Or? Well, there usually are. So yeah. it, it's yeah. an evolving process. But most of the, your, your food groups there in, in mortgage finance are part of this envisioned task force, the FHFA, the CFPB the FHA and the bank regulators and the appraisal subcommittee would be involved in sort of orchestrating or convening this task force. There'd be stakeholders as an advisory group. So you'd have, you know, your typical 
appraisal organizations, your real estate organizations, your consumer organizations and the like. But what they're going to, I think that one of the goals, there's, there's several goals with it. One is to look at all the different guidance that's part of the lender guidance, right? I mean, whenever we talk about the handbooks from FHA or the seller servicer guidelines, we're talking about lender guidelines and those deal with appraisal issues, but they're really requirements on the lenders to, for documentation, for risk management, for collateral valuation. So this body would really look at those and see if there's a need for greater consistency in dealing with some of these issues when you're doing a loan in an inactive market, as an example. We're also looking at some of these process issues, policy issues, like we see with appeals of appraisals or reconsideration of value. Yeah, that's a real hot topic right now. I mean, I'm hearing from appraisers that 100% of their appraisal reports are having a reconsideration of value. I mean, that's not productive. It's just not. Yeah. Yeah, that, that it can be very time consuming. Of course, you have the market conditions the way they are. You've got such high demand uh, in real estate. And and uh, you have, well, I see it the other way. I see a lot of real estate listings that are way below market, and they're being teased to try to you know build up some sort of competition and multiple bids to bid up the property. Um, so you have those kind of dynamics in the marketplace and some of these hot markets. But you do have the appraisal that you know the way that's processed right now is the appraisal comes in so late in this whole entire food chain that some of these issues do pop up as far as, as reconsideration processes. And so it's not surprising to hear that that's an issue. But we've seen these in the news recently in reconsideration as it relates to the racial issue. And, and particularly with some refinance cases, there have been several high-profile media reports that involve that. And the lender, again, it's kind of a lender process as, because in most of, I think in all of those reports, the lender's review process agreed with the original appraisal. And, and so there's, a, I think, a, maybe a potential question there about, well, what kind of review process was conducted? Um, and then later, what kind of instructions were given to the appraiser, the second appraisal that was done mm-hmm. um, through that process? So there's a lot of issues there, and it's, po- it's policy process procedure. It involves more than just appraisers. It involves lenders and underwriters and policymakers on that front. So this bill would try to bring everybody to the table to actually lay some of that out, talk about it and see if there's some um, guidelines that could be created on a more consistent basis to deal with these issues. That's why we supported it. Yeah. Look at it holistically instead of siloed, which, you know, we have a tendency to do. Who introduced this bill? Well, it was uh, Emmanuel, uh, Congressman Emmanuel Cleaver, Okay. And he's been a member of the House Financial Services Committee for several years, his subcommittee chair. And it was approved on a voice vote. So it's now out of committee on its way to the House floor. We'll see if there's any change. Sometimes they make some modest, you know, some minor changes to the language as the bill goes to the floor and some tweak some issues. But we, we saw the bill had some support for the, the overall approach. And we've heard positive feedback about it. So we're hopeful that this bill is going to advance in the House. And then, as you mentioned, the Senate becomes kind of another set of set of issues. And there's discussions underway there on some other things, I think, that'll tie back into appraisal. I don't know if 
the fairness bill will be the first thing that sees uh, introduction on the Senate side. Okay. Well, uh, let's do this. Let's take a quick break for a commercial message, and then we'll pick up where we left off. ProxyPix is the first of its kind on-demand system for getting the location-specific media you need from wherever you are. Their simple-to-use platform creates an online marketplace matching people needing property photos with proxies or data collectors near the requested location. Through crowdsourcing, you can get current, up-to-date photos of anything on the map within hours, if not minutes. Never before has it been quicker or simpler to get the property photos that you need. Sign up at proxypix.com or download ProxyPix app available at the Apple and Google Play Store. Joan, Bill, back to you. Thank you, Jim. Bill, the other one of the other bills that I've heard about is the Fee Transparency Act. That one sounds very interesting and certainly should perk up appraisers when they hear about this. So share with us what you know. Yeah, this is a bill that's been under consideration the last couple of years. It was introduced in the last session of Congress. H.R. 3619 was the bill number. Now that bill has been wiped clean with the new session of Congress that just started. So right right now, there there's just the one bill, the fairness bill that we just got talking about that's been introduced. There's a handful of bills that were introduced in the prior session of Congress that are being talked about being reintroduced in the next or in the current session, including the Appraisal Fee Transparency Act. And what this bill would do is essentially require that appraisal management company fees be disclosed to consumers. If you recall, during the Dodd-Frank implementation, the CFPB had the final rules around TRID and the integrated disclosures and closing disclosure and the good faith estimate and, and loan estimate uh, forms processes. And in their final rule, they elected, the CFPB elected to make it an option or to, I guess, in their view, maintain it as an option to disclose AMC fees. That goes back to the origins of the Dodd-Frank Act and the conference committee. When the House version of the Dodd-Frank Act included a the, the so-called shall uh, disclose AMC fees to consumers versus may disclose AMC fees to consumers, which is what the Senate and ultimately what was passed, what ultimately prevailed that was enacted into law. So it was one of those where one word makes all the difference in the world. Um, the, the, the shall change to may, and that became an option. And the CFPB reviewed the issue, followed suit, um, with their final rule, and they created optionality in their form. So the lender's choice is to disclose AMC fees, but they're not required to. So what we've seen through history, I think, in our experience is that most elect not to. You might find that some do, maybe in a captive AMC fee situation where there's a particular interest in disclosing that, that interest involving the financial institution, but by and large, I think we've our experience is that most lenders continue not to disclose the AMC fees. So we, there's another bill that we've supported uh, because we've advanced consumer transparency from the very get-go in the beginning. We we see no harm in disclosing this yeah. fee to consumers, and so this would this would change that may and shall. It would change it back to shall. 
Yeah, I can't imagine anybody. It's a hard position to take to say you're against transparency. I mean, I can understand business reasons why there's going to be a lot of people who don't like it. But still, it's it's very, very difficult to say, nah, I don't think uh, you should be privy to that, uh, Since especially since they're the ones writing the check. Now, I'll say this, that we have talked with some banks and financial institutions who have raised other issues with the TRID rules, which I think we do have a, a some sympathy for and and support for addressing. You you might recall that the appraisal is now part of what they call the zero to- tolerance package. So that when it because the appraisal is not being shopped for by the consumer, it's the lender's appraisal, so to speak. Those cannot change. It's a zero tolerance bucket that the appraisals put in, which puts a lot of pressure on the financial institution not to change any of those fees if something should arise, a change circumstance should arise. You really need like a, a catastrophe to happen in order for them to have a change circumstance under these rules. And, and the problem with that is that it, what that does is it compels the appraisers to bid on assignments without seeing the property or understanding the complexity of the assignment. They're, they're having to bid on the assignment side unseen because the system is compelling them to do so. So I, th- I think the lenders have, a, have made a point that we agree with that the zero tolerance regime sort of unnecessarily ties the hands of the service providers and really makes it difficult. If, they, if, if the complexity of the assignment is such when they actually go put boots on the ground on the property, right now there's no ability to ch- change or little ability to change that, that process and that fee when there's a very legitimate reason for it. And we think, we think we agree that there may be some wiggle room necessary for that. Well, you know, it just seems to me an odd setup anyway. It's like if it's the product is for the lender, for the benefit of the lender, why isn't the lender just paying the fee? Yeah, and, and the ability to pass these costs on to the consumer force. Now, some will choose to pay for it out of a competitive situation, but they have, they've had the ability to pay for it through the rate and term if they're not paying for it you know, up front. So the consumer's always going to pay, but it just it, the process today creates a ridiculous bottleneck and a lot of back and forth between the lender and or the middleman, the AMC and the appraiser. And there's so much time lost in what should be a really simple process. Pre-Dodd-Frank, this was not an issue. Dodd-Frank, yeah, in, in this particular instance, yes. uh, created a, a, a new bottleneck. Uh, well, I, th- I think a lot of lenders out there would support full transparency of fees, appraisal and AMC, if there was an issue, if there was some attention paid to the zero tolerance piece because that really drives and constrains their ability to do and do much. They can't change anything once it gets going. Yeah, I know that I, I understand the intent, but it just didn't work. The intent was to ensure that appraisers get pay a customer and reasonable fee, but it really didn't accomplish that at all. So we're kind of still Debate. We're still working on it. <laughs> it's a work in progress. That's absolutely the, the best way to, to put it. I tell you what, let's take one more break and then we'll come back and we'll talk about that portal bill that keeps popping up over and over again. Yeah. 
appraisers, stop waiting 30 plus days to get paid on your appraisal invoices. Cicada Capital is a simple and secure payment platform that improves your cash flow and reduces the time you have to spend on paperwork and making collection calls. The process is simple. After the initial account setup, simply submit your invoices to Cicada Capital instead of your AMC or lender. You receive payment the next business day while Cicada Capital collects payment from your AMC or lender, leaving you with more time to do what you want to do. To set up your account and get paid faster, call the Cicada Capital support team at 208-953-7234. That's 208-953-7234. Or email support at cicada.com. Joan, back to you. Thank you. So, Bill, tell us about the portal bill. Sure. There was, a, again, in the, the name of bills that were introduced last session that are being considered for reintroduction in the current session of Congress, there's the PAL Act, the Portal for Appraisal Licensing. It was introduced last session as H.R. 7688. There's no bill for it in this session yet. But there is discussion going on on the Hill about reintroduction and, and what um, might happen with advancement of that, that bill. I think what we're seeing is that we've got a couple of different tracks going on right now. We've got the fairness legislation we talked about at the beginning. And then there's kind of all the, there's a kind of a catch-all of stuff that are, is being looked at. Uh, the transparency piece being one. There's another bill dealing with FHA licensed appraisers, sort of allowing licensed appraisers to come back in under the FHA requirements. There's a, a provision that would allow the appraisal subcommittee to adjust the appraisal management company registry fees and to also um, make adjustments to the appraisal subcommittee board of directors, adding in the Veterans Administration and the USDA as two other examples. Along with this portal bill, I think what we're starting to see is that all of these things uh, have the potential to be combined in what you might consider like an omnibus appraisal reform bill. They're all very germane to one another. They kind of evolve and center around the appraisal subcommittee to some extent and sort of their operations and, and, and their programs. With the portal, what we're looking to advance is more consistency and really reduction in in the red tape that the practitioners face when they try to renew and apply for licenses with the state appraiser regulatory agencies. They have to deal with background check processes that are kind of all over the place. Um, you've got the state imposed background checks. You've got the financial institution imposed background checks. This bill would establish the, the appraisal subcommittee as a coordinating entity, basically working with the states to house all of their, their appraisal licensure application processes in the cloud, so to speak. So the practitioner would have one place to go online to submit their applications across the country, wherever they were licensed or registered, and to conduct a single background check that could be used by the states that would be an FBI-level criminal background check, and then have all of those clear out the, the patchwork of background checks that are being done today. And that, that, would, that would satisfy under the bill, it would satisfy all of the requirements that are imposed by financial institutions on third-party vendors as well. So we see it as a real, like a regulatory relief measure and also just a process improvement measure from a licensing administration standpoint. This would bring it into the 21st century finally, and help take something off the back of the practitioners. 
Yeah, the way the states manage it now, and as you know, the you know some states have healthy budgets and others have very thin budgets. And so you have large states like California and Texas and Florida who have more sophisticated systems to manage the licensees. And then you have small states who are, you know, at best using an Excel spreadsheet to manage their the credentials. It, it's yeah, a lot of disparate treatment, I guess. It's incredibly inefficient. And, you know, as a CE provider, I can also tell you, you know, all the various nobody's on the same schedule. They yes. have aspirations and oh my God, if we could just kind of like a transportation bill, create a, create a, some uniformity from state to state without interfering with states' rights, they would still be enforced at the state level. That, that would go a long way. Well, it sounds to me, you know, we hear, of course, a lot of feedback, as I'm sure you do. A lot of appraisers have been expressing their dissatisfaction over this racial bias issue. But one thing that I try to remind them is all of these things that are swirling about that you're talking about, it's a good thing that the Biden administration is looking at the appraisal process. This is an opportunity for us to talk about some of these reform items that we've been wanting to do for the last 10 years. So I see it as a great opportunity. I don't see it as a negative at all. Are you? Yeah. We've been, we have, ta- we're trying to tackle the issue as, as aggressively as we can, taking this, the, you know, the seriousness of the concerns into consideration. We've got a whole range of initiatives underway on the education side, uh, developing programs for, for evaluation bias training, implicit bias um, training, and also guidance um, in providing new guide notes to the community on dealing with things like how do you address personal characteristics in appraisals? How do you deal with the photos on the wall, the ethnographic material? What's the proper way to, to address that in an appraisal assignment? Also looking at issues of diversity because we we come from a, a an apprentice model that has yeah. been has has leaned very heavy male and Caucasian and and it, we've got to address that we we need to have more diversity it needs to be more reflective of the community at large our society so we've got a couple of diversity initiatives underway most prominently the appraiser diversity initiative with Fannie Mae and the Urban League. That is promoting appraisal to minority communities, communities of color, um, promoting scholarships and, and working through the education process to become an appraiser. Biggest challenge, of course, as we all see, is in the experience side and trying to find supervisors and, and work through that. We've got our program that's providing some advice and mentors, but we're also looking at bringing on some private sector sponsors to help actually commit to bringing on individuals as trainees. Um, within that program. We're excited about those potential those solutions. But again, going back to the policy side, we, we can't do this by ourselves. We've got to have the stakeholders and the agencies that are really sell, setting the policies here. They, we all need to be working on this together. That's why I was really pleased with the fairness bill, to HR 2553, because it, it actually strikes that right tone. Uh, it, it cuts through all of those issues 
on the stakeholder side and also on the diversity side, because it would provide some funding for diversity improvement as well. Yeah, no, I think that's fantastic. Well, thanks for the summary. That was a, a great tour of what's going on in D.C. without me having to fly to D.C. So that's a, that's a good thing. Well, thank you, Bill. We really appreciate you joining us today. Thanks very much for having me. Look forward to it next time. Okay. Joan and Bill, thank you so much for your time today. And thanks to our listeners for joining us. This was a really interesting buzzcast for anyone who wants to keep up with what the legislation that could affect the appraisal process is. If you have an idea for future buzzcasts or would like to be interviewed, reach out to us at info@appraisalbuzz.com. Make sure you're a subscriber of our buzzcast. And hey, if you're not already a subscriber, check out our buzz forum at appraisalbuzz.com. Have a great day, everyone. When was the last time you wanted to work more for less money? The appraisal industry is headed that way. You have to do more for the same money, and now you have less time for yourself. Datamaster can change that. With their easy-to-use software, Datamaster lets you spend more time analyzing and less time typing. Plus, you get more information from than the other data products. Head to www.datamasterusa.com buzz for more information and to learn how you can save an hour per report.